Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning in today to the Nun Report. I'm Dan Nunn. Hey, yesterday we covered just breaking on the show as I was recording were the Trump indictments. And so we're going to look at that a little bit more today. We're going to look at also what was going on while these indictments were happening, because it seems like whenever a large story like that breaks, and it is a large story, there's no doubt about it, but it it, it overshadows some other things that might be going on. So we're going to look at a few of those things, such as, oh, the U.S., Credit rating was downgraded from AAA to AA. Oh, boy, the Biden economy and Bidenomics and the Biden politics and their constant pursuit of their political opponents is having a heavy price on the United States creditworthiness because it's not just about finances. It's not just about inflation or prices or gas prices or grocery prices. No, it's about how trustworthy are we and how stable are we? And when you look at the political climate right now in the United States, where you have one political party that goes after another with the power of the Justice Department, where they weaponize the resources that they plug full of their patsies and their their political activists, then that becomes not really a trustworthy looking country. It almost looks kind of like a banana republic or a third world country we can talk about the judge that's going to preside over the january 6 uh indictments now now she's a she's an obvious part uh, partisan tanya uh, uh chukin i think i think that's how you pronounce it that's how i'm going to pronounce it chukin um and she has been uh, or chutkin chutkin whatever uh she has quite a colored history and uh quite a um You know, she's a political activist. You don't get onto the D.C. federal court without being one. And since Washington, D.C. is full of of mostly leftist communists and extreme commie Democrats, then that's what you're going to get. She has consistently used her bench and her position to punish those who disagree with them politically, who don't agree with them ideologically. And so that doesn't seem very cool. But before we go into all of that, I want to take you, oh, I've got a great weirdness clip for you today too, because at the Nen Report, those of you who are new, by the way, please go to rumble.com slash the Nen Report, follow there, it's free, you're not going to get spammed or anything, all my content's on there, tons of video, tons of clips and whatnot that I put up on my other clips channels and, and that sort of thing, so please check it out, make sure to subscribe and click the thumbs up button, but for those that are new, the Nen Report is about truth, freedom, and weirdness, we talk about truth talk about freedom. And I like a little bit of weirdness because man, life is really boring if you don't go there once in a while. And so we have, I have one for you today that I'm sorry, I've got to share with you, but if I saw it, you're going to have to see it and hear it. And so that's what, that's, what's going to happen with that. That's your little teaser for that. It's going to be about halfway through the show. So make sure you, you hang out for that. That is one you definitely want to see before we get there. I want to take you into the past a little bit, a blast from the past. Let's go back to uh, before Donald Trump announced his run for the presidency in 2024. Let's start there. This is what Joe Biden had to say at that time. That G7 conversation was tied to your predecessor, who is about to launch another campaign. So how do you reassure them if that is the reason for their questioning, that the former president will not return, that his political movement, which is still very strong, uh, will not oh, yeah? once again take power in the United States. <laughs> well, um, what a prick. We just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by, uh, if, we, uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he, uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our Constitution, does not become the next president again. Um, we just have to demonstrate that he does not take power. And do what we can to make sure that he doesn't under the Constitution. Of course, they're breaking the Constitution. They don't care about the Constitution. It's just a piece of paper to them. They just as soon wipe their butts with it as they would obey it, even though they swore an oath to it. But that's how communists are. And that's how they're always going to be. They don't change. Their colors don't change. Their message, the way they deliver their message, their spin might change. But in the end, they all want the same thing. That's absolute power, absolute control by the state of every facet of society. And that's where they're going. Here's another uh, little pre-clip or a, a, a clip from this. This is one of Russia's um, 
final from one of his final episodes, Rush Limbaugh, talent on loan from God. He's now, God, uh, his, his loan was done and he brought him home and I'm glad that he's no longer suffering. But Rush Limbaugh, man, what a a lifetime of service, a voice and activism and conservatism for the masses, as, as he used to say. Always one of my favorites. I, I grew up listening to him when I was young. He was one of my first conservative commentators that I really got into. And up here in Washington State on our, our local radio, uh, conservative radio station, KVI, of course, he was syndicated there for some time. And that, that, that's kind of where I got exposed to a lot of this. And it made sense to me. It made sense to me. But this is what Rush Limbaugh had to say. Check this out. I know they desperately want Trump gone, and I, I know that they desperately want it codified that Trump cannot run again. Because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They believe that they can, they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump. That's right. We were here. Trump just gave us a voice. And the MAGA movement, the America First movement, it's it's the, the, it's out of the bottle, man. The, the toothpaste is out of the tube. The genie's out of the bottle. However you want to look at it, the movement, the America First movement, the MAGA movement is bigger than Trump, and it's not going away. Does that mean that we don't need Trump? No, we abs- he is absolutely the guy for 2024. He needs four years in there to clean house as much as possible. And then who knows, man, maybe some some uh, upper-comer uh, conservative like Vivek Ramaswamy might want to give it a shot in 28. But right now what we need is Donald J. Trump. We need him in the White House. We need him bad. He's going to go in there without learning curve. But, man, I'm telling you, he said the same thing, man. They're not after him. They're after us, and that's true. I said it yesterday. By doing what they did yesterday with the Department of Justice, they were not indicting Donald Trump. They were indicting 74 million American patriots who support Donald Trump. And that support has not waned. In fact, it's grown better. I can't wait to see the first, the first uh, polls of the, of the primary candidates post-Department post of Justice indictment for J6. You know, it's, um, it's going to be interesting. Because I have a feeling they're going to go up again. I think DeSantis is going down because his campaign is horrible. His campaign is hapless. He doesn't. He's he is a weak man. He's a weak candidate. He has a real hapless campaign, and it, it, it's just gone sideways so bad. You look at. I'm gonna I'm gonna show a few clips here. The uh, Vic, and, and I know I've talked with, about him a lot lately, but man, the guy has my attention, okay? He has my attention, and I want to share some of what he's saying because it makes, it, it, it's just good stuff. But Vivek Ramaswamy has, he came out with a statement. It wasn't even 25 minutes, 25 minutes or so after the indictments came down on Trump. He had a video recorded statement about four minutes long. I'm not going to play it in its entirety, but I'm going to play a few clips from it and kind of comment on each of them because what he did was he got out in front of it, which is what leaders do. They don't respond. They get out in front of things and they lead. What he did with this statement was put every other candidate on notice. He absolutely destroyed every other candidate in the Republican field by what he did, what he did. In fact, what he did had Ron DeSantis come out with the same statement, it would have saved his campaign. That's how, that's how monumental I believe this statement was. That's how important I believe this statement was that had Ron DeSantis come out with the same statement that he would have been able to save his campaign, but he didn't. Why? Because he's a weak 
person, a weak candidate, and he has a hapless campaign. They were never going to do something like this because he's funded by big money and the deep state. Ron DeSantis is not the guy. And, I, and I'm sorry, you know, if there was a time when I thought, man, I love Ron DeSantis. I like what he's doing in Florida. I still do like what he's accomplished down there. And that's great. But he's working with a friendly legislature that will just rubber stamp everything that he wants to do. It's not going to be the same when you go to Washington, D.C. The game goes up by about a thousand fold. And, um, but anyway, Vivek came out with, with a few statements. And, and again, I just want to, he, he just, let's, let's listen to the first one here. And, and I'm going to, I grabbed a few clips from it that I thought that just kind of struck me. And here's the first one. Check it out. I want to be very clear. I am running for U.S. president in that same Republican primary. It would be easier for me if Donald Trump were eliminated from competition. That's not how I want to win. This is not about politics to me. This is about first principles. We do not want to become a country where the party in power is able to use banana republic-like tactics to eliminate its political opponents. Yet I'm sad to say that's exactly where we are. Yeah. And he, he bring, brings a nail on the head. See, the other candidates, they are not only are they not supporting Trump, they are, they've got their knives out and they are putting it in and twisting it as hard as they can. Fortunately, people like Christie don't have a lot of strength because they're just big donut boys, but they're still trying to put it in there and they're still trying to stick it to him. We're on the same team here, people, okay? We're not enemies or we should not be. And for you to sit there and throw a guy under the bus who did nothing but give his life and risk his fortune on making America great again, on bringing the government back to the people where it belongs, is it, pathetic. And every single one of them is doing it from Pence to I mean, all of them. DeSantis, Christie. And they're waiting for Trump to be taken down because they're no better than many of the extreme commie Democrats. Their thirst for power and control, they're waiting for Trump to get taken down so that they can advance their position on the pyramid. And that's pathetic and sad and weak. And Vivek calls it out for exactly what it is. These other Republicans in the in the primary field, man, they are they are worthless. The only one I've seen with any gonads at all, the only one I've seen with any principles at all, the only one other one I've seen with any plan at all is Ramaswamy. And how about that? How about that? Who, who saw that coming? I didn't see that coming. But I'm glad that it did because it's going to wake up the others as he rises in the polls, which he is, and overtakes DeSantis, which he is, it's going to be a wake-up call to the others that, wow, another one. Of course, they didn't listen to the wake-up call that Trump brought them. Now you have another guy coming to the field, and he wants competition. He, he knows, look, down deep, he probably, he knows he's not going to win, okay? But he's also not going to throw Trump under the bus in order to do so. And he's not counting on him getting put in jail in order for him to somehow win. If he wins, he doesn't want to win that way, but he's also pushing himself for a very high level in the new Trump cabinet. I support that. I want it. And this guy is a rising star. Watch him. Watch him. Let's hope he's not a shooting star. Let's hope he's a rising star. And he will go up there and shine for a long time. Maybe in 2028, right? Maybe that's where maybe that's where his destiny lays. We'll see. This clip is a couple of minutes. This is from the middle of his statement. I'm going to let it go ahead and play out. And uh, take a listen to this guy, really. Give him a hard listen. He specifically told the protesters that day to behave peacefully. The First Amendment in this country gives political protesters the ability to express themselves and their opinions freely. Donald Trump was not responsible for what happened on January 6th. You want to know what was responsible? I said this in the days after January 6th, 2021, just as I say it today. Systematic, pervasive censorship in this country. 
that was after a year where we had told people across this nation that you had to stay locked down in your house, in your basement, and shut up, sit down, do as you're told. If you question that, you're racist, you're anti-science, your social media accounts were silenced. You had to stay home and lock down unless you were part of BLM or Antifa, in which case it was perfectly fine to roam the streets of this country and burn many of them down. That was the double standard that then applied and said that if you said the virus originated in a lab in Wuhan, you were again a racist and had your internet accounts shut down. You were then told you had an election where you could express yourself to put the right person in charge of fixing these problems. And instead, your accounts were suppressed if you sent a mere message saying that the Hunter Biden laptop story from the New York Post was real. You had your accounts locked. Even the New York Post had its own account locked. And if you repeatedly then tell people they cannot speak, that is when they scream. If you repeatedly tell people they cannot scream, that is when they tear things down. And I think we are making a grave mistake in this country by trying to pin the blame for that at the feet of one man. If we refuse to learn our mistakes from, from our mistakes in the past, we are doomed to suffer an even worse fate in the future. I worry that will create a country where January 6, 2021 was a friendly parlay compared to what's actually to come. I'm running for president to make sure we don't march towards some kind of national divorce. Yeah. You know, what he says is absolutely true, that the censorship that has occurred and had occurred, the double standard that occurred while Antifa and BLM went around burning down countries all during the summer of love in 2020, and nothing was done. They weren't put in jail. In fact, oh, not only were they not put in jail, you know what's happened now? They're getting settlements from the cities for cracking down on them. New York City has paid out tens of millions of dollars to BLM protesters who burned and stole and committed violent crimes in the streets. And so they wonder why we're pissed off a little bit, just, just a little bit. I'm pissed off. And I think 74 million Americans are as well. And if some of the, some of the more left of center independents, by the way, left of center, listen to me, listen to me. That center has moved. Okay. You're still in the same spot, but that left side has moved. You're right of center and you don't even know it yet, some of you. But I, I wish that you would listen to these people. We're losing our freedoms little by little. This, this, in, These indictments against Donald Trump that just came down from the Department of Justice regarding January 6th, they are nothing more, nothing more than an attempt to make it, make free speech illegal, Right? to make freedom of thought illegal, to make ideas, to make dissent, to make information, sharing of information that they don't agree with illegal. Can you imagine that? We're in the United States of America, and if you share information that the state does not agree with, they censor it. And if you threaten them enough, they'll arrest you for it. I can't even believe we're here. We've got the thought police. We've got the speech police. We've got the information police. And if you're not in the club, you're the enemy. And that's what's going on. I got one last clip here. This is just a massive power grab. This whole this whole Biden regime, it, it all started with Obama, of course. They thought that Hillary was then going to be the heir apparent. Donald Trump and the patriots who supported him threw a wrench into that plan. <laughs> Big time. That wheel was spinning along just fine. They thought they had eight years of Obama, eight years of Hillary, and then who knows who. But uh, Hillary's not a likable person. She ran a, a, not a good campaign. And, uh, and people recognize that. And Donald Trump capitalized on it. That's why they, they from that point forward in the debates in 2020, they, uh, the moderators acted a little differently, didn't they? Because they, they weren't going to let a repeat of 2016 happen where he absolutely mopped the floor with Hillary Clinton. But uh, at any rate, hey, here's the, here's the last little clip I got from Vivek. And this clip alone, 34 seconds 
of hardcore in-your-face truth. 34 seconds of demolishing, demolishing the Republican presidential field, candidate field. Just, just, bam, everybody else, the primary's over. Everybody else, go away. Seriously, because uh, Vivek just took you all out with a, a brilliant stroke of truth and reason and honesty. Again, as I said earlier, we're on the same team. We're not enemies here. I've said that all along. Vivek says the same thing. Check it out. But the first and most important step that we as candidates can take in this race is to speak and speak forcefully on the side of principle to say that even if we're competing against Donald Trump, as I am, I do not want to see him eliminated from competition using these politicized tactics. It is wrong for our country. It is wrong for our future. I call on my fellow candidates to condemn it. And I call on President Biden to do the right thing and drop these politicized charges. That's going to be a first step towards United. Yeah, every single Republican candidate should be condemning the weaponization of the Department of Justice to take out a political opponent that's on their side. And so far, I mean, DeSantis made some half-hearted attempts that were couched in all sorts of BS so he could backtrack anytime he wanted. But so far, Vivek Ramaswamy is the only presidential candidate to come out forcefully in support of Donald Trump, not necessarily because he agrees with everything he does, but because he agrees with the freedom of speech. He believes in the Constitution. He's the only one to come out and condemn the weaponization of the Department of Justice and other government agencies to go after political opponents, to persecute them and prosecute them. He's the only one who has come out and said that, you know what, If I'm when I'm elected president, if Donald Trump is convicted, I will pardon him. He's the only one so far to make that pledge. When th the thing is, every single one of them should have made that pledge by now. Every one of them. What are they, what are they doing? What are they thinking? What have they got to lose? And they've got everything to gain. Again, had DeSantis come out with this same statement, this brilliant, this, this honest, this constitutional statement that Ramaswamy came out with, he would have saved his campaign. Single-handedly, he could have made a four-minute statement just like this and saved his campaign. And that just shows you what kind of a guy he is. Because he would never say something like that. He would never come out and say something like that. He would never say he would pardon Donald Trump. He, he's trying to walk the fence. And in, in the end, he's just sticking the pickets up his butt by doing so. I like Vivek. That guy's got my attention. I hope he has yours. Because even... Even if you don't support him, even if you don't want him, man, if you're an American first patriot, if you believe in the Constitution, if you support Donald Trump because of that, if you believe in making America great again, Vivek is on the same side. He's on our team. I'm on the Trump train. I'm supporting Donald J. Trump. I will vote for Donald J. Trump. Even if he's sitting in a prison cell which I don't think he will be. And then we're going to talk a little bit about that next. <sighs> anyway, you, you look at the, the uh, what's gone on here, the, 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 the censorship that's occurred, but this trial, if it even goes to trial and, 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 you know, shipwreck crew has said that he, he defends a lot of the J six people uh, through fundraising and, even if it goes to trial, it's going to last forever. This is not going to be resolved before the 2024 election. Now, they're hoping to muddy up the waters. Many people believe that, yes, while they didn't have seditious conspiracy as one of the indictments, that they can, that they can add, you know, have a future, they can supersede the indictment with, with more charges. 
which would include seditious conspiracy as they uncover things, as they call witnesses, as they dispose people, to, to dispose, <laughs> depose people. <laughs> Let's not dispose of them. Well, not all of them anyway, maybe some of them. They're going to come up with information in the process, more process crime, which all of this is really. And what's funny is if you look at the indictment and you read through it, which I have, it's posted all over. Go find it. Read through the whole thing. It it looks like something. I mean, they may as well have just had had, uh, Liz Cheney write it because a a lot of it was literally (laughs) just copy and paste from the J6 committee recommendations. That's how pathetic it is. I, I told you, uh, uh, shipwreck crew, man, that's <laughs> what a great thing. Anyway, he said, if, if this ever, what I was just talking about, and, and a lot of people are saying this, it's not just, it's not just him, but he put it, he put it out there. Well, he said, if there is ever a trial on yesterday's indictment, there will be months of testimony from lawyers on both sides about election laws in multiple States and what was and was not reasonable legal theories. Even if later proven to be factually wrong, lawyers cross-examining lawyers on election law and civil rights law endlessly. It will go on and on and on and on. Oh, and by the way, Trump's lawyer, Loro said, Trump will subpoena everyone to prove his innocence. Do you know, that's a long list. They're, they're going to try to put a, a former president in jail. They're going to try to convict him of a crime where he could spend the rest of his life in prison. You don't think he's going to, I mean, he's going to subpoena Mark Zuckerberg. I would, I would imagine Parag Agarwal should be on that list as well because he was running Twitter at the same time. All of the Twitter executives, every single one of them that was working for him at that time, all the executives at Facebook, it goes way beyond what this lawyer says. I think you could, there's dozens of employees in both Twitter and Facebook that you could bring in. 51 former intelligence officers who claimed the laptop from hell was Russian disinformation because you see, what they've done is if they're putting Trump on trial for questioning an election, that opens up the questioning of everything that was involved in that election. And that includes the laptop from hell. That includes the all the hoaxes, everything else that they threw out there and everything that they've done before then and since. They will tie this up in the courts for years. Now, whether they're able to do that or not is one thing because here's the judge, okay, Tanya Chutkin. She is, I mean, look at that resting bitch face. She's just, she just looks like someone who hates people. I mean, she looks mean, right? She is mean. She is mean. Oh, by the way, she was part of the same large prestigious law firm as an attorney when Hunter Biden was a lobbyist at the at the same firm. They were there at the same time. That's interesting. She also happens to give more severe sentences to J6 defendants that are found guilty than what the Department of Justice is even asking for. She goes above and beyond. They ask for, oh, we want 20 months. And she says, 30 they're like, we want 36 months. She says, 48. This person is B-I-T-C-H, man. 24-7. Look at her. So you can guarantee she's already made up her mind. Trump's guilty. I mean, there's no doubt. If this goes, they will drag this trial on forever, for sure. If it ever comes to a conclusion, if it even goes to trial, but if it ever comes to conclusion, because it could go to trial and then the trial could fall apart, right? Then she will, they will convict him. They will have a DC jury that will convict him. She will uphold the conviction and then she will give the maximum sentence possible allowed by law to Donald Trump because that's that's her history. That's what she does. That's what she has done the entire time. And then I, I do just want to point out a couple of more things about about J six is, or, you know, the whole Trump thing. Not just not just J six, but the whole the whole persecution, the witch hunt that's gone against him. I mean, check this out. So, someone made this. I mean, this this quite a coincidence, don't you think? June seventh, FBI releases documents to Congress alleging the Biden took a ten million dollar bribe from Burisma. 
The very next day, June 8th, Jack Smith indicts Trump in Mar-a-Lago docked case. July 26th, Hunter Biden goes to court and rejects sweetheart plea deal after it was revealed. DOJ tried to give him blanket immunity from future prosecutions. The very next day, July 27th, Jack Smith has more charges for Trump in the Mar-a-Lago case. July 31st, Hunter Biden's former business partner testifies to Congress, that be Devin Archer, that Joe Biden was on over 20 calls with his son's business partners and that Breesma execs pressured them to fire prosecution. The very next day, August 1st, Jack Smith indicts Trump again. Come on. Come on, man. As Joe Biden would say, it's obvious, right? I mean, we don't even, we don't really need to go into it much further. Um, yeah, Dan Bongino had this to say. He said, outside of the bank records, the suspicious activity reports, the wire transfers, the private bank transaction, the LLCs, the texts, the emails, the WhatsApp messages, the photos with, of Joe with Hunter's business partners, the voicemails to his son, the two business partners saying Joe is the brand, the big guy, the chairman, the two whistleblowers testimony, the recorded phone calls between Biden and Poroshenko, the video of Joe Biden bragging about firing the Ukraine prosecutor and Hunter's statements that he's giving his dad half his income. There is no evidence of Joe Biden being involved in any of this at all. So the real crime that's happening right here is the Biden crime family. This is where the corruption is, and they're deflecting, they're pointing, weaponizing the Department of Justice to go after a political opponent to not only try to eliminate a political opponent, but to draw attention away from their own maldoings, right? I mean, it's so pathetically obvious. Memes, you know what? The, you know what's the coolest thing about conservatives is, is conservatives know how to meme. And, um, and here's one. I don't work for you. I do. I love that one. I also saw another one that, uh, that I didn't pull up. Let's see. Let me see if I can remember it. So it had, it had oh, here it is. It had uh, Joe Biden on the phone he says, hey, I want to talk to your partners about the weather. And then the next frame was with Hunter. You want to talk to him about the weather? And then the final frame was Joe Biden back on the phone. Yeah, whether they sent us our money or not. <laughs> so maybe he was talking about the weather to those people. Anyway, Donald Trump had a statement, of course. And so let's kind of close this segment before we move on to the weirdness portion. And hear what Trump had to say. The country is in a very dark place right now. But even after everything the deep state has done to me, I will never give up on America. Mark my words, in 2024, we will win back the White House. We will make America great again. I have no doubt about it. They come at me from left. They come at me from right. The rhinos, the communists, the Marxists, the fascists. We will not only survive, we will be stronger than ever before. We're fighting a fight like nobody ever thought possible, and we're winning. We won in 2016. We had a rigged election in 2020, but got more votes than any sitting president. We're going to win like never before, and we're going to make America great again. I can truly say, I believe, better than ever before. Thank you for all of your support and for all of your prayers. And he has my support and he has my prayers as well. I don't know how you could not. All right, let's go into, into a little bit of weirdness. Man, I'm telling you if, you, if you've got a weak stomach, you may not want to watch this clip. I'm going to play it anyway. <laughs> Check it out. You know, sex on the beach is overrated. The drink or the sex? Both. <laughs> because, you know, if you tried to have sex in the pool, you know that's not easy. Logistics. Because you're trying to go up the hill and you're getting resistance. You're trying to go from the water yeah. that is within. Oh, my God. Okay. Because when you're in the pool, you are surrounded in the water. Right. Have you ever tried to put anything? <laughs> Watch it now. Brian's no. going to send us the commercial. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, what? Oh, you trying to move me on now, right? You, you tell me, you tell me, get engaged in the conversation. <laughs> then I start to get engaged. Then you want me to stop talking. Let's engage. All right, engage. next topic. Whoopi Goldberg talking about sex in a swimming pool and water, you know, in places. Ay, ay, ay. Man, you can't forget that one. I mean, I, I hope you didn't get any weird visuals with that because that would make you weird. Um, <laughs> moving right along. Tucker Carlson, of course, doing what Tucker Carlson does, and that's being on the cutting edge, getting the best people in at the right time, at the right place, and just bam, bam, bam. That guy, when he's in a mode, when he's on, a, a, he just fires on all cylinders. And I'm so glad that he's not with Fox anymore because it gives him much more freedom to do what he wants, when he wants, and how he wants Present it any way he wants without any interference from corporate America. I love it. Yeah, Devin Archer on. Go watch the full. There's, there's a couple of hit the, the first part one is 11 minutes. And I think he has a part two coming out as well. But this is what a couple of clips from his interview with uh, Devin Archer. Check it out. Biden, then the sitting vice president, knew that there were Hunter's business associates in the room. Yeah, I think I can I can definitively say at particular dinners or meetings, he knew there were business associates and he, you know, we, or if I was there, I was a business associate too. Yeah. Um, so I think, or if, you know, any of the other colleagues from the DC office or the New York office were there. So yeah, at times there were from the, you know, to be, you know, completely clear on the calls. I don't know if it was an orchestrated call in or not. It certainly was powerful though, because you know, if you're sitting with a foreign business person and you hear the vice president's voice, that's prize enough. I mean, that's 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 pretty impactful. Yeah. So he continues and is clip two. Check this out. So you worked with Hunter Biden in a bunch of different businesses. Um, what were the skill, the specific skills that he brought to clients? Well, at the end of the day, he you know he had a career in Washington. Yeah. Uh, graduated Yale Law School and had a very big network in in D.C. and brought that know-how and understanding of D.C., and ultimately the Biden brand. The Biden brand. So so you're telling me that, that using your influence with foreign governments and corporations to, to generate profit for your own family on your name that because of politics is famous, you're telling me that that's not, at the very least, an extreme, extreme conflict of interest. And... You want to start outlawing people's speech, their ability to question an election, even though you did it in 2016 over and over and over again at every single level. You want to question people on, on what they think and the information that they're able to receive in order to form their opinions because we all know that opinions are bad, right? And so people are only supposed to get... It is... It is beyond, it is beyond uh, pathetic, man. Um, one of the things that was going on while everybody was focused on Donald Trump, the greatest president, one of the greatest presidents this country has ever had, uh, two in my lifetime that I can think of, and that is Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump. And um, this is what was happening. This is what was happening while everybody was distracted by that. Check it out. Uh, we want to bring you this breaking news. Fitch has downgraded the U.S. credit rating to a double A from a triple A. Uh, they note the difference in governance between double A rated countries versus triple A rated countries. Also, uh, the continuous or the, the many, many political showdowns surrounding the debt limit. We knew uh, when the debt limit showdown was going on that Fitch was considering this downgrade, even if the debt limit was not breached. And so here we are with a downgrade of the U.S. credit rating to a double A plus from a triple A. So the whole threat that the Democrats were giving about, oh, if we don't, if we don't approve a, a debt limit increase, then we're going to get downgraded. It happened anyway. It happened anyway. And anybody could have seen that coming. You can't have, you just, since since they reduced or since they eliminated the, the, the debt limit, the national debt's gone up another $1.7 trillion. You, you just, you can't continue to spend tons of money that you don't have. 
By 2025, a year after Biden is out of office, the debt is projected to be at 35 trillion. It was just at 30. But between their Green New Deal and their war in Ukraine, and it is our war, because we're financing it. If we weren't financing it, Russia would, it would have already annexed the entire country of Ukraine. And you can argue that any way you want. I'm not a Putin puppet, but I, 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 I can argue this, that that invasion would have never happened if you had a strong presence and strong leadership in the White House. That where, whereby Putin knew that if he crossed that line, there would be severe personal consequences, i.e., we know where you live. It's about as big of a threat as you can get. And uh, it's one that Trump would have very gladly used if needed. Because you, you, you can't just have, you got to prevent these things. Biden's foreign policy has been a, a complete, absolute disaster, no matter how you look at it or who is looking at it. Other countries are laughing at us. The, the, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, the, the, the little paramilitary ops we got going on in Syria that keep continuously failing. You've got Iran has basically taken over Iraq, and Iraq is just in figurehead a country run by Iran. And Biden, he's still killing service members there. He, service members died pulling out of Afghanistan. The Afghanistan Taliban, instead of being armed with with decades old AK forty sevens that aren't that well, they're reliable. That's the reason they last so long and why they've been used for so long. But instead of being armed with guns like that that are old, archaic, and and you know they wear out over time. Weapons wear out. They need new parts. Instead of having those, now they have brand new M4s, man. They got they got all kinds of cool American weapons and ammunition that we left behind, courtesy of Joe Biden. And then we now we walk into a, a proxy war with Russia via Ukraine. This is what the Biden regime has, has wrought. They've also wrought gas prices that are insanely high domestically. At the same time, while he shuts down the American energy sector, gets, I mean, basically alienates all of our allies in the Middle East, primarily Saudi Arabia, and then goes begging to Venezuela for oil. Gas prices are still up 58% from when he took office. They like to brag, look, at we brought gas prices down from their peak. Look, asshole, they're still 58% above. Do you think that's not making 58%? People have to commute to work every day. You don't think that's making an impact in their budget, in their in their family household finances? He doesn't care. He just doesn't care. All right, I've got one last video we're going to close out on. This is Wednesday. A lot of times on Wednesday, uh, I do one of two things. I have a guest show. I didn't have a guest lined up for this week, so we're not doing that, obviously. Or I just run a replay because Wednesday is my dedicated day to kind of chill out during the week. But most importantly, it's a beach day for me and my dogs. Those of you who are regulars that watch me, you know that I have two beautiful German shepherds. I have a black and tan and I have an all black. They are a big part of my life and they're, they're chomping at the bit right now. What time is it? It's about uh 20 after 12 uh, Pacific time. And they're, they're outside that door of the studio saying, dude, come on, dad, let's go. It's beach time. It's beach time because they know that Wednesday is beach time. So before we, before I do that, before I go and abandon, abandon everybody and, and, and chill and get a mind reset on the beach with my dogs, I'm going to show you this. You see the crime <laughs> that's allowed. And, and it really started to take off with the, George Floyd thing, then the summer of love with BLM and Antifa burning down cities, vandalizing property, looting stores, and assaulting other people without consequence. And then the defund the police movement. And so you end up now where basically people think shoplifting is 
legal, that you can go in anywhere you want and just take whatever you want, and that even if police could respond, their resources are spread so thin that they can't. Once in a while, people find out. This is one of those times. If you don't like to uh, watch people getting a little spanking, then you might not want to watch this, but this is great. It's gone viral on social. Check it out. God damn. Ain't nothing you can do, man. Ain't nothing you can do, man. Tell you call police. Ain't nothing you can do, man. Tell police come on. Hey, hey, no, hey, don't. Hey. Ain't nothing you can do, man. Don't do that. Don't do that, man. Don't do that. Now this part. Yeah. They brought it to him. Guys trying to steal all their cigarettes, take money from their tables, take money off their kitchen table away from their families. No. Enough is enough. And unfortunately, I don't know what's going to I don't know what's going to get resolved from this or what's going to happen, but I would I bet you and, and I hope that there's a way to follow up on this. I would bet that this guy ends up suing the store store owner, or maybe the store owner even ends up getting arrested for stopping somebody from stealing from him on his own property, stealing his property from inside of his store, his private property, where the police are going to do nothing. And they stopped him and whooped his ass with a stick. And, uh, that's a, there might be some cultural things going on there. I mean, I, I saw the guy that was doing it was wearing a, a, a you know a head wrap, so that might be you know kind of carry over from where he's from. I don't care. I love it. The guy got uh, instant karma right there. Anyway, hey, here's your none better take of the day. These uh, th- this Biden Justice Department, it's obviously being weaponized. It's being used to persecute political opponents. We saw that again yesterday. The only time, but the only thing that happens every time they indict Trump, every time they go after a political opponent, it ends up highlighting their tyrannical ways and the way they want to be a totalitarian government. These extreme commie Democrats will stop at nothing to remain in power, including trampling on the Constitution, delegitimizing and making it illegal, basically uh, free speech, freedom of thought, the free flow of information so that we can take our information. We can decide what's right and what's wrong. We're grown people. We are sentient beings. We have minds. Give us the information, man. Give it freely. It's not up to you to censor it. It's not up to you to decide what's right and what's wrong. It's not up to you to decide what information I should receive to form my opinions or how I should think. That's, that's complete and utter bullshit. I could do that for myself. Thank you very much. I will gather the information. I will form my own opinions. And then I will either vote for you or I won't. It's not your job. You know what? You tell me how you want to do things. You tell me what your policies are. But don't you dare come after me. And and by going after the representative of the America First movement, the representative of making America great again, you have gone after half of the voters of this country. 74 million of us. It's no small number. And you, you, you Republicans that are running right now for president in the primary, grow some balls. Grow some balls. Get off your pedestal. Forget about your power trip. Man, you got these people that are wishing that Donald Trump gets arrested so that they can increase their own base of power so they can climb up the pyramid just a little bit further. Just crawl. These people, they're nothing. Chris Christie, are you kidding me? He's nobody. But he will dig his fingernails into that stone wall of that pyramid and climb right over Donald Trump's body if he could. Just to give himself a little more power. Just 
because he's a little bit pissed off that he wasn't given a high spot in Donald Trump's cabinet in 2016. Vivek Ramaswamy called it out. He called every single one of them out for what they are, cowards, including Ron DeSanctimonious. And I said at the beginning of the show, I'm going to say it again. Had Ron given the same the same four-minute response to what happened to Donald J. Trump, the indictments from the weaponized Department of Justice against Donald J. Trump from Jack Smith, had the sanctimonious, had the guts, the courage, the balls, the fortitude, the ethical ability, the honesty to give such a statement, it would have saved his campaign. He would be... I mean, his campaign is dying. <laughs> he, he would have saved his campaign. He could have done it with a little four-minute speech, but he wouldn't, and he didn't, because he's weak, and his campaign is hapless. But you got a guy, an up-and-comer, a rock star, man. This is a future rock star. This is someone who's been ex- successful publicly and privately. He's very educated. He's well-versed. He's lived the real life. He's built businesses. He's made his money. And uh, and he's a patriot. He cares about this country. He cares about the Constitution. He cares about freedom of speech. And, and watch Vivek Ramaswamy. I really, really hope that he gets a high position in the Trump, in the future Trump cabinet in 2024. And who knows where he might go. He might go all the way in 2028. He could become that guy. He could become a rising star. Let's hope he's not a shooting star. Anyway, hey, thanks for watching. If you've just been listening on the radio or any of the podcast channels, make sure to check me out on rumble.com slash the nun report. You can, all the videos are there. All the clips are there. You can check it all out. And you can see all the stuff I showed today, the video clips you couldn't see. I understand some of you just like to listen, but even if you are just primarily listeners because that's kind of how your life is, please go to rumble.com slash The Nun Report, follow the channel, hit the like button on this video. It means a lot. I'm on all the socials at The Nun Report except for TikTok because I don't do that commie BS and Twitter because I couldn't get the there. So it's just at Nun Report at Twitter. My website's thenunreport.com. You can link into everything right there. Anyway, hey, thanks again for watching. And uh, as always, till next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.